Welcome to The Exchange. I'm Dan Riley. The Exchange is a streaming internet talk show and podcast of interviews with noteworthy people about their lives, ideas, and current events. This week, I sit down with Stanford University historian Peter Stansky. During our conversation, Peter talks about the life of George Orwell, the two biographies he wrote about Orwell, and the relevance of his novels in modern times. Welcome to the show. Today I'm sitting down with Peter Stansky, and we're going to be talking about George Orwell. Uh, Peter is a, um, a professor at Stanford University, and Peter, I just wanted to say first, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Not at all. My pleasure. Thank you. I'd love to start by learning a little bit uh, about you personally and how you got interested in Orwell as a as a subject matter. Was Did you experience Orwell when, when you were young and decided that he was a subject that you wanted to uh, explore more in your academic career? Yes. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm quite aware of this at the moment because uh, there was a reception on Thursday night uh, done by the Yale University Library um, where I was an undergraduate. And uh, it, 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 it was at Yale, actually, that I uh, that I had my first contact uh, with Orwell. Uh, this was... Well, actually, I entered, let's see, he died, I keep forgetting whether he died in 49 or 50, I think January 50. Uh, I entered Yale in 49. Of course, Orwell uh, was very famous, uh, or uh, fame came late to him with with the publication of First Animal Farm and then 1984. But before that, he'd been a moderately well-known uh, English novelist. Uh, but I became very interested uh, at Yale uh, I was became interested in England, and also I had a long term interest in the Spanish Civil War, uh, and so I, in my senior essay, uh, I uh, for the history department, uh, I combined these interests and I wrote about uh, four Englishmen who were in, involved in the Spanish Civil War. Uh, of course, George Orwell, Stephen Spender being the best known, and then two comparatively unknown uh, young men who were actually killed in the war, one as a soldier, one as a ambulance driver, John Cornford and Julian Bell. Uh, and so that was my, well, of course, I had read, read Orwell's, I, uh, I, th- I, I think I remember uh, when 1984 was, was published, I think my parents belonged to the Book of the Month Club, and I think it was it was famously a selection of that. Now I think I must have read it then. I can't remember whether I read Animal Farm early on. I certainly hadn't read uh, the earlier novels. Uh, but the excitement really tied in with the Yale University Library is a lot of the famous essays uh, had not been collected together, and um, going through into the stacks of the library and finding those essays uh, in various periodicals uh, was 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 great fun. And so w- the shape of it tended to be, um, it ended with this, which, which was also the shape of the sub- subsequent publications on Orwell. It ended with j- just shortly his experiences through the Spanish Civil War, uh, which of course I think were extremely important. Uh, and of course it was just about this time, uh, his great book on the Spanish Civil War, uh, Homage to Catalonia, uh, which had been published, of course, in the 30s, 
it had gotten not very favorable reviews uh, because uh, a lot of people felt that that one had to support the communists uh, as that was the only possible solution for for defeating Franco, which in many ways was a valid point. And and uh, Orwell is being very much anti-communist in Homage to Catalonia. The book received mixed reviews and didn't get that much attention, though it got some. Then copies were were uh, destroyed in the Blitz. But then, I've forgotten the exact date, uh, it was reissued just around 52 or something uh, with a famous introduction, but I think a mis- in a way misguided introduction by the great literary critic uh, Lionel Trilling. Uh, and, uh, you know, it got a lot of attention. It also, of course, and some people overemphasize this, but it's also a factor. It, 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 its publication was also a, a function, in some degree, a function of, of the Cold War, because as a, as a, as a strongly anti-communist book, it, 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 it was, it, it was a powerful, powerful statement uh, against the communists. But, it, but, it, but also, it's a wonderful book. It's a, it's a magnificent book, and uh, so uh, my my interest that was my interest in Orwell, and uh, then I went on. Uh, uh, well, I went to England to study, and then I almost became a lawyer. But then I decided I, w- I would be a historian, and uh, I wrote a dissertation about British politics. Uh, but then I met um, this editor and author and novelist and poet, uh, William Abrams, and uh, we wrote an article together, and he said, uh, well, maybe we should do something else together. And I showed him my my senior thesis, and so we embarked uh, sort of to, to do with on doing that project. Uh, but then for various reasons, we published a book called Journey to the Frontier, about Julian Bell and John Cornford, the two comparatively unknown Englishmen who were at the very young age, one was John Cornford was 21, Julian Bell was 28 uh, when they were killed. Uh, originally, we were going to write about the four, but we decided to divide it. And then we, after doing those that book, uh, we turned to writing about Orwell. And so we published, I think, in 1972, uh, a book called The Unknown Orwell, uh, which which uh, covered his life. It was sort of a critical biography, uh, it, but but it just went up to his life to the publication of I think in you know the dates are subject to correction. I don't remember them all absolutely. I think it was 1932 or 33 uh, when uh, Down and Out in Paris and London was 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 published, which was his use of his pseudonym uh, George Orwell. So the first book. Um, uh, it ended with with the publication of Down and Out in Paris and London, and then the second book, Orwell: The Transformation, fundamentally ended with the Spanish Civil War. And uh, we found uh, he, during the time of the Spanish Civil War, he wrote a letter to Frank Jelinek, which actually, in the four volume, the earlier collected version, the four volumes of Orwell's allegedly collected, but I mean, it was far from complete used as it stamped on the the binding of the book. It was one of the few times that he signed a letter. He signed it both Eric Blair and George Orwell. 
And our argument, which some people thought was too schematic in in the book, was that he became Orwell through the experience of, of – I mean, he was becoming Orwell between the publication of Down and Out in Paris and London and, and uh, the experience of the Spanish Civil War, but he sort of became Orwell uh, through Spain. And uh, this persona, which who uh, we believe uh, believed in socialism, and and but then also saw that socialism was perverted, and the, you know the 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 bittersweet or the message, of course, of both 1984 and Animal Farm, in, in my view, is is um, socialism is a good thing. It's what should happen, but the only way for it to be successful is the people who achieve the socialist society, the leaders have to be immediately replaced <laughs> because if they're not replaced, they, they, they become concerned with power as with the pigs in Animal Farm, as with uh, you know, this Big Brother and his supporters in 1984, uh, that you have to have just... That's, so he was both this combination of what the world should be like, but also the hopelessness of it, I think, I fear of it, of it happening. What was surprising to you as you began to research the young Orwell? What, what things or details or specifics about his life came up that, that were interesting to you or, or memorable to you? Um, oh, I'm not quite sure I can answer that question. Uh, I mean, of course, his life, his life was fascinating. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not so sure. I mean, being surprised is sort of suggests that that I had sort of preconceptions, which I hope I didn't have. Um, I'm a historian, and 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 I'm not a literary critic. And and uh, my main thrust is is I I study some. I want to study somebody like Orwell. Uh, and then lots of my other work, uh, this is similar, uh, in part because, you know, it's a fascinating story and he's obviously an important person, although I appreciate that as a writer, it's his writing, which is the most important, is more important than the life. But also I'm, I'm intrigued by um, what such a life, and this is putting on my hat as a historian of Britain, what what such a life can tell you about British society. And actually what, what fascinates me in particular, which is true of Orwell's, in Orwell's case and, and true of others, is this um, what you might call a gentlemanly radicalism. Because, and also the intense class consciousness in British society. I mean, as you, I'm sure Orwell famously characterizes himself as a member of the lower, upper, middle class, and and this, uh, the family was not particularly well off, but they were descended, as you know, we point out at the beginning of the book. Uh, they had this semi-aristocratic connection going back several centuries. I mean, with the Earls of Westmoreland. Uh, the 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 the, uh, the Blairs uh, were country vicars. Uh, um, in in his grandfather, I think, if I remember correctly, which I may not, was a vicar. His father was a, a civil servant, 
interestingly, in the opium trade, uh, in in uh, the British government cultivation and growth growing of opium in India. Uh, so, so they were socially upper class, but and as he and as he points out, class in in England, families may have gotten into the upper class through money, but somehow they frequently stay in that class, even when they may not have very much money. And um, the whole business of of his education. I mean, he went to this prep school with, with uh, you know, as you know, the the school where English uh, boys, uh, well, women, girls too, but but mostly boys, uh, go to boarding school at the, at the age of of seven or eight, incredibly young, um, and of course he wrote that wonderful, wonderful essay, uh, such such uh, were the joys. Uh, about his prep school experience, which could not be published. Uh, it was published in America in the Partisan Review. There was, it was published after his death, I believe. Uh, there's some, some people say, oh, it didn't mean to be, a, to be published, but I can't believe that's true. I don't think a writer writes not to be published. And, uh, but it couldn't be published in England until after the de- death of the headmistress of the school, Mrs. Vaughan Wilkes, whom uh, Billy Abrams and I went to see. Uh, we hadn't particularly meant to go to see her, but we, we went to interview when we were in t- working on the book Cyril Connolly, who, of course, had been, had been a contemporary, the famous literary critic, who, who, who had been a contemporary of Orwell's, uh, both at St. Cyprian's, had been at school with him at St. Cyprian's, the same prep school, and also at Eton, and which, of course, is in many ways the most famous boarding school in England. Um, and we went to interview um, Cyril Connolly in the s- south of England, in Eastbourne, near Eastbourne, and uh, in Sussex, I think it is. And um, he said, well, you should go and see Mrs. Vaughan Wilkes. And and um, she's still alive. We said, oh, oh, yes. He said, oh, you must go. And uh, we arranged to go. But, but And it was quite extraordinary to see her. She said, poor little Eric. I tried to be good to him. <laughs> and and uh, But she's clearly a very powerful lady. But we said to Connolly, Cyril Connolly, who after all was an incredibly eminent literary critic, uh, you know, have you seen her? He said, no, are you out of your mind? I'd be too scared. <laughs> and and then ye- years later, I think, or not that long after, when she died, he said, I went to, I did go to her funeral. I did want to be sure that she was dead. Uh, and, and, uh, but then, the, you know, there's, there's a wonderfully sort of academic dispute, uh, which is in a way rather hysterical, um, which is, is traced to a degree in the footnotes to the great Peter Davison edition of Orwell's work. And the annotations for such, such were the joys. Uh, apparently, there's a question. <laughs> an important question about whether or not uh, Orwell was a bedwetter, because in in the piece in the, the wonderful essay, such such were the joys. He says he was a bedwetter, but various contemporaries of his Saint Cyprian's, and that he's much punished by Mrs. Vaughan Wilkes because of this or whatever. And but but but. Um, some people believe that, in fact, it was another boy, not Orwell, who was the bedwetter, and that Orwell took this guilt, so to speak, upon himself 
in in order to to make his story more more vivid. And but I I became fascinated also by sort of the paradox. Uh, you know, he wrote a famous essay. Uh, published, uh, uh, I think it was published in New Writing by, and again, it's the interconnect, I'm always fascinated by the interconnectedness of English society. Uh, 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 the important literary figure, uh, he was a great friend of Julian Bell, the other person we wrote about, uh, an important literary figure in the writers of the 30s in, in Britain was John Lehman, who was uh, Orwell's fag, you know, schoolboy uh, servant, nothing to do with sexuality. In 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 in, although it might in a sense, uh, at Eton, and was the editor of this publication called New Writing, and I think all which, in fact, was uh, either shooting an elephant or a hanging, or maybe both. Uh, were published in New Writing, which, which you know, very important early Orwell essays. Um, but but Orwell wrote, I think, for New Writing, an essay called My Country, Right or Left. And uh, patriotism, patriotism was, was sort of beaten into the boys uh, of course of course he was at, at the prep school during the, during the first world war and and as you probably know uh we discovered we discovered uh somebody had suggested we look for it so so we had some, Ian Angus who's a uh, Orwell scholar uh suggested suggested that we look at the, the Henley newspaper and of course Orwell's as you may know Orwell's first two publications as a schoolboy uh, was were two patriotic poems, uh, one on the death of Kitchener, and one one uh, saying that that people should enlist in the army. But there's just been a recent piece that apparently the the army piece was tied in with with somebody he knew or somebody who was a semi relation or something like that. Who had been killed in the uh, who had, you know had been killed in the in in, in the war? Talk so, to me about the, the intellectual pro- growth or progress of of Orwell. What what brought him from a semi aristocratic young man? Well, no, well, no, well, aristocratic's a little too strong, but aristocratic background, aristocratic but, but, background, yeah, and brought him brought and then had you know, having patriotic sentiments to a, a man that volunteers to fight in the Spanish Civil War. I mean, well, what but, was but, the but, but at the very beginning, I mean, but from very early on, he he, he was, I think, in a sort of. Uh, I wouldn't quite say conflicted, but I mean, I think he had doubt. He, 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 I don't think he, he, he was always a skeptic. And I think he was always, you know, questioned the patriotism and questioned his education, questioned the class aspects of the education. But at the same time, he got a very good education, I think. I think, you know, they, 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 at these schools, I think the kids are frequently taught how to write. So I mean I think that that his writing skills I think uh, were, were improved, uh, but I think he moves to the left on the basis of seeing poverty and uh, uh, the impression and down and out in Paris and London. Uh, also, you know, there's the famous uh, in the clergyman's daughter, which is you know a rather symbolic novel in many ways. But 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 there are the wonderful scenes about hop picking. There's there's uh, the the spending the night in Trafalgar Square. Uh, 
you know, the the class, the poverty, of course, much accept, made much much worse by the depression uh, in England. I think moved into the left, and 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 then uh, he's commissioned. Uh, or, or, or it's arranged that that he write for the Left Book Club, which was a very important organization, um, d- uh, the Road to Wigan Pier, and uh, although his and there he he's you know more or less says he's a socialist, but of his own peculiar kind, and and he's very critical of those who support socialism, particularly those such as himself, who are middle-class uh, and upper-middle-class supporters of socialism. And his criticisms of socialism were so, in the view of Victor Golanks, the publisher and creator of the Left Book Club, that, that Golanks wrote an introduction saying where he disagreed with Orwell. But then I think that... that uh, so he feels that socialism is, is, is a good thing, and... Um, he, he gets caught up, I think. Well, Spain became the great cause, and and and. Uh, but you know, initially, he went there as a reporter, and 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 um, that he was going to write about it, and then he arrived in Barcelona. In whenever it was January, uh, I mean, the war had been going for some time. Uh, or maybe December, November, but some months after the war had, had had embarked, and he was just overwhelmed by the the I think by the egalitarian atmosphere of Barcelona, and he felt this is something that I have to fight for, and and so he he uh, enlisted in the Pum uh, militia, which was a semi Trotskyite. Uh, organization, which was sort of coincidental. I mean, that was just the militia he ran across. And in fact, he he thought that they ran things very inefficiently. And and uh, when he came to Barcelona uh, later on in the May days, the, the following May, when there was fighting, internal internecine fighting in Barcelona between the communists and, and, the, and the anarchists and the PUM and so forth, uh, he was actually wanting to con- transfer to the to the international brigade, which he thought was going to be uh, more efficient. But then, when he came to Barcelona and saw that his comrades in the Pum were being attacked, he felt, you know, those were the people he were with. And there, there, he he, he both 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 had a sense of of of, of the dream of socialism, but then that it was being betrayed, which is true. Uh, that, that it was being betrayed by the communists. The paradox is is the, the, the communist idea of, of of fighting the war more efficiently might have been the only way to win it. Mm. Talk, uh, talk about but, but but you know whether the ideals should be sacrificed for the practicality. But in any case, it was the worst of most possible worlds. The ideals were sacrificed, and they didn't win. Mm. Talk about that the division, the rift in 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 the left during the Spanish Civil War between the communists and the socialists. What was driving that division, and what was really uh, Orwell's attraction to socialism? What what was it about it specifically that that made oh egalitarianism and yeah. equality? But you know the famous line is I, in Spain I became a socialist, believe in socialism 
as I understand it. Uh, and exactly, exactly what he what he means by that is a little a little unclear. The rift was really that. I mean, the communists were determined to to um, um, subject uh, Spanish what happened in Spain to Russian policy. I mean, uh, that 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 Russian policy was was the uh, the, the be all and end all. Uh, and they were, and they were. Of course, it was also the. I mean, it was the, the fault, of course, of the Western powers: uh, France, the United States, Britain. It's uh, who, who, who who wouldn't supply arms, so the, to, to wouldn't sell arms to Spain. Uh, the Russians sold arms, and the Spanish gold went to Moscow, I believe. But Russia was the only country that Mexico helped a little bit, and maybe some things were smuggled from France. But 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 Russia was the only country that would help, and and um, so and the Russians were you know Stalin was totally paranoid about the Trotskyites, and and the enemies on the left, and was determined to. Um, and the anarchists, and and uh, was determined to. It was more important, I think. Well, I, I'm not an expert really on on communist policy, but 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 it was more important to the communists to eliminate their left wing enemies, I think, than to win the war. Uh, and and Orwell's and that they would lie. I mean, the whole point, uh, the origins, I think, obviously of 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 the Ministry of Truth. In in uh, 1984 is which is Winston Smith's task is to rewrite the past, and and uh, Orwell saw the the communists and their supporters, including fellow travelers, and he became a sort of and I have mixed feelings about that the enemies list, which I don't know if you know about that uh, at the end of his life uh, that he compiled this list of people who are unreliable, uh, you know, who shouldn't be trusted because they were fellow travelers. I think he tended a bit to see reds under the, under the beds. But it is true that, that, that you know, expediency, I mean, the line was, we have to tell lies, we have to kill people uh, in, in, to, to serve the Soviet good, the ultimate good. Is is this, is uh, the the strengthening and the preservation of the Soviet state, and um, Orwell didn't agree. You mentioned the 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 change in him, Sir Eric Blair becoming George Orwell, following the Spanish Civil War. Talk about the man after the war. I, I know he was shot in the throat and nearly died in the Spanish Civil War, and, and previously actually had had spent some time in Burma um, before he before he fought in the Spanish Civil War. What was the difference in Orwell after the Spanish Civil War? Uh, where well, did he there, there are also did, consistencies. I mean, well, it's a digression, but of course, I mean, I think one. Uh, um, it doesn't answer your question, but I mean, I, I, I would like to mention that 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 uh, you know, I think shooting an elephant is 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 one of the greatest essays ever written, and and uh, but also it it, so, it again sort of sums up. Um, Orwell's um, realism uh, in that that it tended people who opposed the empire tended to romanticize the the people who were being dominated, and I think what's wonderful about shooting an elephant is is is, is it says 
that being an imperial power <clears throat> puts one in a totally false position and that you have to do terrible things, shooting this elephant, in fact, who's recovered, uh, because you have to play the role of, 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 of the ruler. So the corruptions of empire, and the, well, I guess there's a great theme in, his, in all through uh, of, of, of the corruption of power, that if you have power, uh, it does it does uh, terrible terrible things uh, things to you. But the, remind me of the question. The difference between Orwell between prior to the Spanish Civil War and, and after. How did the man change? Well, you no, know, I, th- I think difference is perhaps too strong a word. I think he 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 he, he evolves. He evolves, uh, and I, I mean, I think that the 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 tendencies the as I suggest, was trying to suggest in terms of his attitude towards empire, um, are, 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 are there, all, there already. But, but uh, I think the, the importance of the Spanish Civil War is he, he vividly sees how wonderful, in his view, well, I think he's right, uh, uh, how wonderful a, an egalitarian society could be and how easy it is to to be destroyed, and I think and 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 so having that vision, he 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 can he can uh, put it forward into into uh, his two greatest works of fiction, hmm. Animal Farm in nineteen eighty four. But the whole aspect of Orwell, which actually is sort of separate, uh, that 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 is, is in a way. Well, in a sense, it's tied in, of course, with his political development. But, but you know, as 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 a great writer, and as a um, inventor or creator or pioneer in 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 what you might call the sociology of a country. I mean, you know, his his looking at the social significance. His great essay on Dickens. Uh, his great, of course, politics in the English language, and and and, and, and his great attention, his uh, the art of Donald McGill, uh, the essay, the wonderful essays where where he 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 looks at the social, what these cultural artifacts. In many ways, he's he's a. I don't think he's quite been given his due as as a, an inventor of cultural history. I mean, how you look at in a, in profound ways. I mean, people had looked at these things in the past, but 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 I think that you know what these things mean. The comic postcards, the dirty semi dirty postcards that were sold sold at the seaside. Uh, what these tell you about society, and you know, and he also famously wrote the essay in defense of P.G. Woodhouse, and Raffles and Miss Blandish. I mean, the thing is, he 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 had a wonderful sense of 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 the importance and significance of of uh, popular culture. Which, which was, you know, comparatively not. I mean, people read these things, but but to talk about them as historically significant, um, and you know, they, they were, you know, he he was interested in. I could, in a sense, well, maybe it's a stretch, but in a sense, you can say it it has something to do with socialism in the, in that it's you know what people enjoy is 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 he wasn't a snob. 
the the book 1984 i mean it, it seemed like in in his life he lived almost a in a dickensian way in 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 some capacities i mean i i know the way that he died without getting tb his tb treated and he basically suffocated well he was to treated death. i mean he, he he could have well i mean he took terrible care of himself hmm. but he was in a sanatorium and occasionally and of course he was if penicillin had, had oh not 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 penicillin what sulfur drugs or something uh, he might have been saved. I mean, he took terrible care of himself. Um, but he was... Uh, I mean, but I, I mean, I don't think it was sort of... Well, you wouldn't say... Reli- I mean, he wasn't religious, but 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 uh, he was sort of a natural ascetic. But, but uh, you know, he, he, I don't think he cared very much about... He didn't have much money, of course, until, until Animal Farm. Uh, but even so, I, I just think his personal style of living was... Was uh, was austere, and it was you know it was absolutely crazy. Uh, to, to Orwell, I must give you a brochure. I have to urge you to join the Orwell Society. Uh, remind me to give you a brochure about it. But the um, you know that he wrote 1984 in in Jura, uh, which can have been a healthy place to live. He didn't take proper care of himself. Um, but uh, remind me, I don't think I'm quite answering your question. Uh, just in, in talking about 1984, what is it about that book that you think speaks to people? You know, it's almost more than a half a century since the publication of that of that novel, and it still seems to resonate with people. It is more than a half a century. Why is that? What, what's so important about that book that speaks to the general... Uh, universality of of human nature or or humanity at large. Well, I think in, in one sense, in a far less sweeping sense, um, I think it, 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 it's uh, incredibly predictive, which which you know maybe hasn't been given enough credit of to. I mean, it's it's a primitive form of computers, and 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 Winston Smith is rewriting the past, and and now that's much more possible than 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 it it it, it could have been before. I mean, this whole business of of because I just saw a little piece about this somewhere. Of when you when you cite something from the web, you give the date in which you cite it, and as I understand, the reason for that is, of course, it can be changed. Hmm. And 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 if somebody looks at it and says, "Well, you know, it's not there," it's not that it wasn't there on the date that that you cited it. While a book, presumably, that wouldn't happen. Hmm. And and. Uh, so I, I think people. I think one of its sources of fascination is just it's that that it predicted the modern world and how the past could be rewritten, and how the past could be manipulated. I mean, it's always been manipulated in the sense that it's that it's reinterpreted. But I think, but that it could actually be changed uh, through these mechanical means. Um, but then the power of propaganda and 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 uh, that that power. Uh, um, we're just in, I think oh, I can't quite remember, but I mean, Brian says, you know, we're in it for power. We we don't have an ideology that 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 power is the name of the game, 
and also I I, I think it 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 alas it, it which seems to me more true today than it was uh, been for a, you know when you read the newspapers. The world is full of fighting. In in all of your research of of Orwell, are there things that are still not well known about him that you wish more people were aware of? Yes. Uh, what I and, and I mentioned earlier that 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 um, uh, the the famous Lionel Trilling uh, introduction to to uh, homage to Catalonia. Uh, emphasized emphasized his uh, truth telling, and I I actually think he's he's not a truth teller. He's something greater in my view. Uh, he's an artist, and 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 I think his 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 main interest was to be a craftsman of words, and. Uh, I think he's too frequently seen as 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 a uh, a commentary, a, a commentator, or, or 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 somebody who's you know telling truth, which to many to 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 a great degree is true. But I think his 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 uh, to me his ultimate interest is his great extraordinary skill. Uh, as a writer, and and I think that frequently is not given its uh, proper due. The last question I want to ask you is about him as a man and, and and the personality of George Orwell. What was it about him that propelled him to want to dedicate his life to words and writing and defying the culture of the time? What or did he have a you mentioned earlier that he was a, a, a gentleman, but also rebellious or, or a, a revolutionary. Was there just a? Well, you a know, fire he wasn't necessarily. He was, it wasn't necessarily the nicest of men. I mean, the the the, the, the uh, I think uh, what's uh, Graham Bowker's biography exaggerates his role as a sexual predator, whatever the word is. Uh, 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 I think in many ways he had a very happy marriage with Eileen. Uh, and then just about to be an anniversary of, of you know who died tragically uh, on, with a hysterectomy operation. Um, the elements of anti-Semitism in George Orwell, the elements of homophobia in George Orwell. Um, um, but the question again: What was it about him that 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 allowed him to produce? these great works. Was there a fire burning in George Orwell that most people just don't have? Oh, well, no. I, I, well, I, I think the, the, the political aim to create a better society, but, but as, I, as I tried to suggest earlier, I, I, I think he's more driven by the aim to be a, as good and important a writer as a literary figure um, as he could be. And you know, it so happened that that the novels had great political content. The essays have 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 a sort of political content and sociological content. But but I think that the um, whether well, if I remember correctly, they say inside the whale, where I think he talks about the importance of 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 of, of literature. I mean, I so I think his I think he was driven to be. 
I mean, why is why does somebody want to be a writer? Uh, I, I I think that's that's um, because after all, you know, he went into the family business, so to speak, um, becoming a civil becoming a policeman, a police officer in in Burma. And actually, I think this is, well, I don't know when when you want to conclude, but maybe may inappropriate, it sort of ties in what you're saying uh, and what you're asking. He gives up. He comes on home leave after f- whatever it is, five years in Burma. He decides he's not going to come back, go back. He decides he wants to be a writer. That's... Decision number one, I'm going to be a writer. Question number, first question, what am I to write about? I'm going to go be a hobo in England, and I'm going to live in Paris, after all the famous literary place, but I'm going to get a job in a restaurant as a dishwasher, Why am I doing these things? I'm doing these things not for a political reason, not necessarily not to earn money or not not to fill up my time, but to acquire material to write about. So, 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 I think his drive to be a writer uh, was 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 the and I, as I say, I don't think it's given enough attention to uh, is a primary drive, and then the experience having the experiences. Uh, it provides the material of what he writes about, but in the course of it, he also his political vision develops, and and, and you know, he, and he sees this wonderful egalitarian society, in in in, um, although you know it wasn't quite as good as he thought it was, and it had been more egalitarian in the very first months of 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 of, of the Spanish Civil War. Uh, but you know that this was it, 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 uh, what which I say is it looking back on the Spanish Civil War, you know where where um, he shakes hands with the Spanish militiaman, and 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 also human connection. I mean that that he felt he was connected with this man, and they were fighting on the same side, you know, brotherhood and and comradeship, and and and. Uh, Maybe there's an element of the sort of uh, the intense sort of class consciousness and individualism of of peoples of his people of his class, and and being being through the political situation, uh, being able to make co- contact. And of course, in 1984, there's there's uh, you know Orwell sort of irritated his friends by. Uh, you know how you're supposed to drink tea, and how you're supposed to put tea in the saucer, and of course, you know, there's this wonderful class. Everything in England has almost everything, or virtually everything in England has has class connotations, and and um, the English middle and upper class put the milk in their tea after the tea has been poured in. The working class put milk in their tea first, and then and and oh, oh well, I think. But he was he, he was trying. He, he was a member of the upper, lower upper middle class, as he said. 
but he was trying he, he he was trying to ape the man and his friends sort of made fun of him i think about it uh, you know he, he tried to ape a sort of working to in some sense a working class style but but at the same time you know again it's a sort of signed summed up in 1984 where at one point it says if there's hope there's hope in the proles but i think that's at the very time that when he's thinking that that the secret police crash through the mirror or whatever it is. I may have that slightly wrong. But he's both saying, uh, and and also, of course, the great theme in English literature, where, 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 which is in 1984 and also in Animal Farm, is, is, is and very much in Coming Up for Air, uh, the countryside and, and the ruination of, well, in Coming Up for Air, how the, how the countryside has been ruined how the countryside, in a sense, has been ruined through the pigs, uh, the, the transformation of the pigs in, in Animal Farm. But uh, the golden country in 1984, where Winston and Julia make love, um, is the countryside. But at the same time, they're fearful, or they, they may be, it may be might. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's both this idea, idealistic England and, and how it's threatened. And to follow up on that, is there in the world today, in your judgment, is there a country that Orwell would would view, maybe not as the his perfect idealized country in in its the way it's designed in the egalitarianism of of the nation, but is there a country in your judgment or countries that he would point to as at least moving in that direction or a country to be lauded? I doubt it very much. I mean, no, Orwell was a naysayer. I mean, Orwell Orwell was was a was a critic. Uh, uh, I think he loved England. Uh, you know the, the 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 famous last paragraph. Of, of, and of course, you know what we haven't mentioned is 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 his wonderful, wonderful essay uh, or his little book, uh, "The Lion and the Unicorn," and and uh, where he says where he says, you know, England is is the greatest country in the world. Or something like that, but with the wrong people in control, and and uh, so I think he, you know, I, I I don't believe in you know in asking the question uh, what would somebody like Orwell say about the world today because I think what what that tends to happen is it turns out uh, what Orwell should say about the world today is what the person asking the question uh, wishes to hear. And and uh, you know it's wonderful in in 1984, where Norman Podhoritz uh, represented the sort of right wing interpretation of Orwell as being anti socialist, and Christopher Hitchens uh, the the left wing interpretation that Orwell was a socialist, and then in 2003, where at a much lower, less active level, but there are a fair number of events to mark uh, the centenary of Orwell's uh, birth. Um, Christopher Hitchens was the right wing of interpretation of of, of Orwell and others, uh, uh, um, uh, Stephen Collini and Louis Menand and so forth, of 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 uh, the more more left wing interpretation uh, t- uh, t- interpretation of Orwell. Peter, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. 
If you're interested in learning more about The Exchange, want to listen to episodes online, or would like to reach out to the show, feel free to visit the show's website at theexchangeshow.com.